G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi, I'm Matt Daly, and today with me, I've got Ian Williams and Wade Bell. Today, we're going to be looking at feeding maize in summer. What are some of the implications around that? Ian, I know uh, you get this asked of you a lot, and so do Wade and I, but where do you sit on this? Ah, uh, that's a really good question. Oh, actually, uh, yeah. We well, know mean, what his answer is. <laughs> that's right. I've been in the industry too long. Um, look, I think it's what it, I'd be a great politician, I think. It really, it's a depends question. It's, it's you know, the answer to that is, 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 is it really, it depends. I mean, there's just so many factors in play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, okay. of course well, I'm yeah. going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes, of yes. course. But <laughs> What are some of those factors then? You, Oh, look, I think the first thing to, to get off straight up is, is how much protein a cow needs um, in their diet okay. in mid-lactation because they're pretty well in mid-lactation unless, unless you've got a, a late calving herd, but most cows will be in mid-lactation. So my rule of thumb that I've grown up with is 18% in early lactation, 16% crude protein in mid-lactation, and then 14% in late lactation. But at a farm systems level, it, it, it is a guide. It's just a guide. It's one of yeah. kind of Wade's rule of thumbs. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm right. To hear a few everyone's of them come everyone's getting on board with my rules of thumb. You know, <laughs> so good, so good to hear. Yeah. Well, well, the thing about that though, Ian, is that I, I guess one, it does depend on your production system. Yeah. Uh, it strongly depends on your production system, and again, what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. Uh, but also. You know, just where you're at, what, where you're at production-wise, again, what resources you've got available, uh, and how far can you push that? So, yeah, and I'd challenge you, sixteen. Could you challenge? Could, yeah. could you come in a little lower than that if it was if you were desperately oh. short? And look, I, I mean, I think it's I, look, I think it's a really, really good because because in fact, you'll have got some people out there say twenty percent uh, early lactation, yep. 18 percent mid lactation, and higher for late lactation. Yep. I think the question really is, is what are your production goals? Mm. And I mean, if you've got a cow that's doing 2.4, 2.6, whatever, you know, even coming into two in mid-lactation, I mean, is 16% crude protein enough? Yeah, yeah. And we are seeing some examples of that yep. now where guys are really pushing the limits of of what a cow can cow can do. And it's not unusual to see them doing 1.8 milk solids in mid-lactation, you know? So just picking up Wade, you said, and it also depends on what they've got. So what are the protein levels in some of the feeds that might be on offer through this period? Oh, look, I'm going to jump in here. Oh, steal it. He's going to steal mate, it already. No, no, because I, oh, I mean, I just, think it, I, I just think of that great quote by John Roche, I think it was. He said, um, he actually wrote a paper and it said something like, um, pasture is always enough. Yeah. And if so it's good enough. Yeah, yeah. And is there enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So... Yeah. A lot of there's there's always a lot of debate around what protein is in pasture because that's always number one. You've got that feed, whatever you've got is what you've got. Uh, uh, I think what we typically see is when it browns off, everyone kind of assumes that it's ten or less kind of protein levels. Well, that's not, and in fact, Ian's no. seen some data from Open Country, uh, you know, looking at ten farms across the Waikato and. You know, very rarely, if ever, does it go under sixteen percent. I think that's yeah. correct me if I'm wrong there, Ian. But uh, so, in, in fact, there's some older data than that from a guy called Soren Moller who did his PhD on it. And I think over three years, it was only one month in that three years that that protein was actually limiting for production. Yeah. So when you look at that, so you go, okay, so that's not too bad at sixteen percent. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Uh, 
if we look at all the other feed options that farmers have got, so they might have maize, they might have grass silage, they might have palm kernel, they might have crops. Well, actually, maize is the only one of those ones that's definitively protein short. All the others have got enough or slightly more than enough. So you go, well, actually, you could probably make up a diet for the, for the average cow in the summer with a reasonable comp, uh, component of maize silage and a mixture of all the rest. Well, okay then. Uh, how much maize is too much maize then, Ian? And don't say heaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've got to say not enough. Not I mean, uh, I, I, look, it really depends. It depends on what your goals are. Like if you've got a high-producing cow, you're trying to keep her steamed up, then obviously that's one answer, and that might be 18, 16 18% crude protein. But if you've got a cow that's doing, say, 1.2, 1.3, and all you're trying to do is get her through into late lactation so you can milk to the end of May, then maybe 14% is more than enough. Correct. Yeah, if, that, that if you're just a moderately producing mid-lactation cow, then yeah, Ian's right. You could have a you could have a slightly no, lower number, but it might just be, hey, look, I'll use the feeds just to get me through as far as I can in terms of days of milk. And I think the other question we've got to think about is um, what's the economics of it? I Absolutely. mean, protein is a very expensive form of feed. So it is probably the most expensive form of feed. I mean, apart from something like fats or something like that, but it's it's really expensive. Yeah, and and so you'd really want to be doing the numbers to absolutely confirm that it's protein that's limiting your production. Uh, now I know you've talked about this before, Ian. Where you know you've had farmers that are adamant that they're short of protein and and are wanting to feed a protein source, and you go, well, if you're absolutely sure, sure, just try it, yeah. try it for a bit, and then if it, if if you get a response, well, then you'll have answered the question for you, for yourself. That's my gumboot nutrition coming in. I mean, I yeah. think what I, what I often say to guys is, is look, put a little bit of protein in and, and you'll get a response if you're genuinely protein deficient. You'll be able to measure that response and then yep. you can work out the economics of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a bit sort of plug and play. I mean, there's no real protein feeds for most of us that are actually dangerous to feed too much of. Yeah. And so you can actually try it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's fine. Yep. At least you'll know. True. So what if what if uh, we wind back to your discussion, uh, the topic around uh, your your diet that you put together? What if we're still short of protein? Then what are, what are some of the options that you guys are, have got? Well, the ones that the ones that I see, you know, farmers tend to move in layers of almost expense. So you know, they start with the cheapest forms. So, you know, if they've got grass silage on hand, well, then that's that's great. Then they move into palm kernels, got a reasonable component of of protein. Uh, typically around 16%. Uh, and then you're getting up into things like DDGs, probably the next uh, sort of feed off the block. Uh, and that's getting into the late 20s, 30%, uh, quite a lot more expensive, obviously. And then you're going to the next level where you're getting into soy or canola or you know ones that are getting up to almost 50%. Uh, and again, become very expensive. Yeah, but the cool thing about those real high end stuff, sure, they're more expensive, but boy, you can solve a problem really, really easily. Yeah. You can just use a little bit to solve a problem. But things like, I mean, grass silage, the beauty of grass silage is that you get that kind of that positive substitution occurring and yeah. you, you know, you're able to build cover and protect cover and all that sort of stuff, but it's variable. So you can get really good quality grass silage and the next yeah. bale or the next, you know, paddock you cut is low quality. So that's, you know, something, you, it's kind of that test, don't guess kind of scenario. Yeah. Eh? So yeah. know, knowing what you're actually throwing in front of them. Yeah, really critical. Absolutely yep. critical. Okay, gents, um, a couple of key points to take home from today's podcast. Ian, I'll start with you. 
What are some of the key points from today? Uh, actually, I want to chuck in something we haven't even talked Here about. Here we go. Yeah, 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 off on a um, tangent. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I just think about Eric Culver's work. Eric Culver showed, and as part of his PhD, showed that protein is not the first limiting factor in, in production. It's, it's, it's energy. Yeah. We've got to make sure our cows have enough energy, which is about feed quantity rather than feed quality per se. But I mean, you know, feed quantity, so we've just got to give them enough energy. Then we can worry about protein. So can I put that on the table? You can put that on the table, mate. Okay, so that's cool. So that's the, that's the first thing. So is there a genuine – so that's the first thing. Is there an energy deficit? Once we've sorted that, is there, is there actually a protein deficit? So that's, that's the point that I want to make. Test, don't guess. Test your feeds. Test your diet. If you're unsure, talk to your consultant about it, but definitely just check it out first. Cool. Wait. Uh Yeah, so I'll pick up on Ian's point about Eric Culver's work. Uh, so to take that one step further, in some cases – protein will be necessary. So, you know, when you've got really high producing cows or targeting very high milk solids production right throughout lactation, there could well be a case for protein. But like Ian also said, you know, don't jump to that one first. You know, make sure you've got the energy one sorted, number one, and then check to confirm that you've got, you know, that your protein's not limited as well. So that comes back to my very first thing. You asked us a question, you know, can I feed maize in summer? I mean, it's a great source of energy. It's a great source of energy as long as you have enough protein or as long as it, it fits in with your protein goals, really, yep. doesn't it? Production goals. Yep. 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 And what we're, what we're saying is that most feeds that farmers have available to them have reasonable protein levels through the summer. Maize doesn't, but actually by the time you make it into the, you know, create the mix for a lot of production systems, that's good enough. Cool. Thanks, guys. That's been absolutely great. Um, we've heard all about uh, Ian's gumboot nutrition and uh, where protein fits. So uh, if you guys have any input or if you've got any further questions, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, go to our website, pioneer.co.nz. You'll find us on all major podcast platforms. Search Feed for Thought. And join us next time when we cover off a few tips around May silage harvest. 